KFUO Radio, the messenger of good news. I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program. It's time now for our moment of faith with Pastor Doug Nicely of Jerusalem Lutheran Church in Collinsville, Illinois. Hi, Doug. Hi, Gary, and uh, happy second day of Lent to you. Same to you as well, and uh, also beautiful weather compared yes. to last week. So. Yeah, yeah, at least at least I can I can go out and go to the gym after I get finished talking to you because I'm not going to be tripping over uh, ice on the way. Right, and so what I'm giving up for Lent is cold weather. How's that sound? All right, that sounds like a good resolve. I'll go with that. Okay, so what would you like to discuss today? Well, we're going to talk about a hymn that's that's kind of a classic Lenten hymn called "When I Survey the Wondrous Cross." So let me give you a little bit of uh, personal story behind this, and then we'll get to uh, the real story behind it, okay? Okay, sounds good. All right. When we travel to visit our daughter, son-in-law, and two granddaughters, we have some driving to do. We start heading north. We go through Illinois, Missouri, Iowa, and on to Minnesota. Then we turn and go west because we're only halfway there. (laughs) Minnesota and North Dakota are, in the words of our granddaughter, boring because it's all flat land. Then we finally arrive at their home. It has been almost 1,100 miles, but when we get there, we know that the traveling has been worth it. So it is with our six-week-long journey through the season of Lent. We're reliving the story that leads to Jesus' suffering, death, and resurrection. We know from the same journey we have traveled before that it will be worth the effort. That's my observation about Lent. It's worth the effort. Okay. All right. So to help us along our journey, we have some great hymns to hum along as we go, you know, as we sit and, and ride. And one of these is a classic hymn by Isaac Watts. And it's, as I said, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Here's the first verse. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Whenever I sing the verses of that hymn, uh, we have two different versions of the tune, and I, I seem to go back to this one. It seems to have a little bit more zest to it. <laughs> In a new book published by Thomas Nelson Publishers, we're given this meditation on the hymn lyrics. What are you tempted to be prideful about? And maybe financial prosperity or career success? Social media influence? From a worldly perspective, St. Paul had plenty of worthy to boast about. He described himself as being circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, and faultless in regard to keeping the law. Yet St. Paul made it clear that he would only boast in what Christ did on the cross. Isaac Watts echoes St. Paul's sentiments in this hymn, When I Survey the Wonders Cross. In the second verse, Watts wrote that he would only boast about the death of Christ. He would not take pride in earthly accomplishments, on possessions, um, and it's a beautiful reminder of the magnitude of what Christ did on the cross, and the song is ironically considered Watts' highest achievement. So here's that second verse. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death 
of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. Takes six weeks of our traveling to get there. In a prayer of confession, we pray quite often on Sunday mornings. Uh, we say to God, in fact, we used this prayer this last Sunday. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. So the question I have is, how do we get from sinful and unclean to walking in the glory of God's holy name? Well, it takes some time, or it takes a journey to get there. Where are we headed? St. Paul, once again, maps out the road map for us, and he does this in the very same uh, book that I was quoting before, only uh, the chapter before. St. Paul writes, But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Doesn't that sound like a Lenten um, meditation? Yes, it does. I, I, I just remember that list of fruits of the Spirit, and it just keeps roaming around in my memory bank in my, in my head. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. It, it's just there all the time. And uh, during the next six weeks, we have a chance to be able to get past all the distractions. And uh, we travel along the road so we can get to those fruits of the Spirit and see what it's like to live in them a little bit more really than we did before Lent started. Yeah, as you were talking about this, uh, and you, you mentioned uh, mapping out a plan, yeah. uh, it made me think of uh, GPS. And then I thought, what could GPS be? And then I thought, God's plan for salvation, GPS. Right. So, uh, mapping out a plan. Well, you know, and, and yesterday for Ash Wednesday, we had a good example of uh, mapping out the plan. It's, it's a well-planned service. Remember, you start the service with ashes on your forehead heads reminding you from the bio, from the book of Genesis, uh, remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. But at the end of the service, you kneel before the altar and receive Holy Communion with the promise that this is the body and this is the blood of Jesus Christ, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. Basically, the Ash Wednesday service is the reliving of the whole good news of Jesus. Yeah. And then we spend the next six weeks trying to figure out what all that means for us 
from day to day. That's the map. Yep, that's the map. That's God's plan of salvation. (laughs) Absolutely. Would you like to lead us in a prayer? Thank you. I sure will. Lord, give us perseverance during these weeks in Lent and help us to see that when we reach the end of the journey, the effort will have been worth it. For we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus, who saves us from our sins. Amen. Amen. What's our discussion next week? Well, you know, I ran into something kind of interesting. Isaac Watts didn't write just one classic Lenten hymn. He wrote three. Oh, wow. So uh, next week, it's uh, classic Lenten hymn number two, Alas, and Did My Savior Bleed. Okay. I look forward to that. And then for week three, we'll take another Isaac Watts hymn. So that's the plan. That's a good plan. All right. Happy Lent. Happy Lent. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank you, Gary. We are the messenger of good news, KFUO, at KFUO.org.